views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the staff and management of WKAC. It's time now for Tennessee Valley Spotlight. Now here's your host, Allie Turner. Good morning, everybody, on this sort of interesting Monday morning in terms of the weather. It's a little hard to figure out what it's going to do, but as always, just remember that if you don't like the weather in Alabama, wait for five minutes, because then it'll change. I've had a most interesting weekend, and for those of you that uh, had a, a grandmother's day celebration, way cool. If you haven't remembered to thank your mama for something, it's not too late. I'm telling you, <laughs> mamas appreciate hearing it at any point, and I I know that from experience from some of the the dear greetings that I got yesterday. But if you forgot, don't. Don't do a shame and blame fest. Just say, hey, I spaced, but I want you to know that I appreciate you and you are going to make your mama's day. Or if there's somebody in your life that's been like a mama, that's always been there for you, maybe not a relative, but somebody that that you greatly appreciate, just because it's no longer Sunday doesn't mean that you can't express your thanks. Expressing thanks is always a good thing. So speaking of expressing thanks... I want to express thanks to all of the legislators who have made it possible for the Alabama Veterans Museum to receive a check for $1 million that happened on Saturday at Coffee Call. And um, I am telling you, our Vets Museum has it going on. I'm just going to say that. From having had the great privilege of being around our vets and Sandy and Steve and Yvonne and everybody, all the volunteers, everybody who's involved, the paid staff, and and how hard they have worked to give us a facility that is, it is not Bush League. If you haven't gone through the Vets Museum, you need to. There are things there that are Smithsonian-worthy, And I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this new gift. I'm sure they will be able to expand a number of their services and make the facility even better than it already is. And it it is a shining star in North Alabama. It is a shining star in our county. And so that is something that I really want to express thanks for. The other thing, quite frankly, I had hoped to have the first segment talk about 2,000 mules in detail, and I'm not being able to do that, although I do have some um, information that comes from a a source that I trust implicitly. 2,000 mules, for those of you who are not familiar with the story, is the documentary that has just been produced and released by Dinesh D'Souza with regard to the stealing of the 2020 election. And there may be some in our listening audience that are going, really, haven't we beaten this thing to death? Nope. And I'll tell you why. If we do not get to the bottom of what happened and radically change the ways in which it was able to have been done, I don't care what your political persuasion is. If we cannot ensure a safe, fair protected, impartial, private vote, then we're done. There's so many things that we have come to 
crossroads in our culture right now. And they're up and they're kicking and we need to find the best possible way to deal with them so that our constitution is not violated, our nation doesn't crumble because it was eroded from within. And I am not going away on this voting thing, and I'll tell you why. If we don't expose and get to the bottom of it, it doesn't really matter what happens on the 24th of May. I mean, here I have put my time and talent, if you want to call it that, into telling people's stories for the upcoming election. And I do my best personally to be fair and to be impartial and to let people tell their stories, set forth the stories the best that I know how, and then let people read and decide and then hopefully get up off of their keisters and go and vote. So, yeah, this is this is something that is central to uh, my career, if you will. But 2,000 Mules was actually attacked and hacked. There is something so threatening about the, the gravity and the scope of what happened that, you know, some of you may not agree with this, and that's fine, but it appears that big tech tried to make it extremely difficult for the live streaming of the event to actually happen. So let me tell you what happened with us. I had purchased a live streaming ticket, and you had to do a tech check prior to, and then um, you were good to go as far as we knew. Well, then what ended up happening, and I don't know, quite frankly, I'm speaking to you from a position of ignorance here. I don't know if there were so many people who bought the live streaming ticket that they didn't have, literally did not have the bandwidth to accommodate it all at once, or whether there was hacking or a combination of the two. But the next thing that I knew was that there was a, uh, an email in my inbox that said, you have 10 minutes in order to get in line, so to speak, to be able to see 2,000 mules. And if you miss the 10 minutes, then you have to go back and start all over again. So I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the extended trailers, but I have a friend who did. And so... Before we uh, get to our first break, I just want to read this to you, and I want you to know that I am, I'm going to keep after it until I'm able to see this thing, take notes, and talk about it with you. But today is not going to be that day. So what we're going to do is have a, um, have a tease. And what was central to proving the veracity of the allegations was the presence of True the Vote, founded by... Catherine Engelbrecht. Most of you know that she, or at least, excuse me, that I have mentioned before, she founded True the Vote in 2010. So we were not at a place where this was um, a political knee-jerk reaction, hot spot, hot button, whatever you want to call it. There was concern, and she saw the danger and wanted to get a hold of it and, and get ahead of it. So when you look at the fact checkers, you'll see that they're saying, oh, this couldn't be true because this and this and this. And they, one of the things that they attack is the geo-tracking. Well, here's the deal. The geo-tracking software that they used is the exact same stuff that the DEA uses to bust 
drug runners and cartels and drug mules. So you're going to have to figure out whether you think the caliber of what they possess is worthy of your tax dollars or not. But here is what my friend wrote to me when I asked her about, okay, what is it that sets this thing apart? What is it that made you believe when you already believed that it had been stolen? And here's what she wrote. True the Vote said that it used cell phone geotracking data to identify people who went to 10 or more drop boxes and five or more visits to non-governmental organizations working on voter turnout during the 2020 election. And she went on further to say, the mules followed a pattern of repeatedly going to Dropbox locations and back to offices of non-governmental organizations where, allegedly, ballots were being collected. The movie called these locations stash houses. Of course, there are counter-allegations, my friend wrote. To further guard against accidentally picking up people who happened to pass drop pass by Dropbox locations regularly, True the Vote bought cell phone data from October 1st into November, showing the pattern of before, during, and after the election season. Only those whose cell phones located them at drop boxes when voting was occurring were included in True the Vote's data the group said. So that was something that I wanted to leave with you before we go to our next segment. I'm going to talk about some stuff that is very near and dear and tender and raw to my heart. So we'll be back in a gif. This is Allie Turner. This is the Tennessee Valley Spotlight Radio Show on WKAC. Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. They deliver. Your guests will love it. That's what happens when Jiffy Food Store Number 2 on Highway 31 caters your next event. No event is too large or small, from a group of five to hundreds more. It all starts with bigger choices of better food and ingredients. Now, you know us for great sandwiches, chicken, wings, JoJo's, and our breakfast items. But we offer so much more. Salads, soups, fruit trays, veggie trays, desserts, and our famous Texas-style pulled pork. Jiffy Food Store Number 2 has countless sandwich fixings that will ensure that your group's needs are met. Don't need a full catering service? Just call Jiffy Food Store Number 2 at 232-6339. Place your order in advance and they'll have it ready for pickup. Jiffy Food Store Number 2, Highway 31, a proud supporter of our community. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, KBB.com. There are so many words to describe Panera's new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. The chicken, juicy, succulent, seared. The brioche roll, buttery and toasty. The Parmesan crisps, crunchy. 
tangy, the secret aioli, creamy, and rich. All those words. But when you have a bite, you might just be left speechless. Panera's new Chef's Chicken Sandwiches. Enjoy $1 delivery fee when you order on our app. Restrictions apply. For details, visit PaneraBread.com slash delivery info. My caretaker was very rough with me, but I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. My son was supposed to help take care of me, but he was never around. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the ABA, and this station. Give us your thoughts by calling 232-6828. We're back with more of Tennessee Valley Spotlight on WKAC. Welcome back, everybody. This is Allie Turner. And at the end of the previous segment, I I told you we were going to move into a little bit of time that's kind of raw and real and vulnerable. But I think you will understand why I am wanting to take this risk with you. <laughs> and actually, I, I took this risk with the planet by talking about the subject I'm about to unfold in this current edition of Athens Now in the Publisher's Point. And before we get to that, here's a, here's a happy note to hang on to. Lynn Hart, the amazing and wonderful current co-director of Keep Athens Limestone Beautiful is going to be coming on the show after the bottom of the hour and she'll be talking about the she'll be dispelling rumors about what happened at the um, recycling center what some of the possibilities are and so you'll have a chance to hear it straight from one of the ones that has ridden this storm and come through on the other side and is uh, full of hope and possibility So here we go. Most of you know that I have an abortion story. And you know that mine is somewhat different in that I never had an abortion myself. I never became pregnant out of wedlock. But I had to deal with the very specific tragedy of taking a student against, or I wouldn't, well, I would imagine it would have been against, but at least without her parents' knowledge to have an abortion. I became the teacher from hell. And I have grappled with the grace of God and have come through the other side of that. And now I want to be a voice, perhaps coming from a different angle, when it comes to the sanctity of life and the sanctity of the family. So I want to start out this portion of my story by talking about the fact that most of you know I'm from Washington State. And Washington State was the third state to pass at the state level an abortion law in 1970. Hawaii was first, then there was Alaska, then there was Washington. And in my high school, we walked around with with pins on that had the coat hanger and the international no sign and, you know, thought we were being so brave and so pro-woman and so progressive and so enlightened and on and on and on. And of course, I think it would be safe to say that back in the day, if people really understood what happens 
in an abortion, they would not be be champions of the practice because of the damage that, that occurs all the way around. So prior to that time, this was 1970, and it was also the year um, that I became a born-again believer, but the the pro-choice stuff had really sunk its hooks into me, and it was quite a while before I really had the mm, intellectual courage, I guess, to change my stand on abortion. And I, of course, had not at this point experienced in 1970 the fallout from what happens when you help somebody have one. So I'm a, a young, naive teenager, and two years before that, no, excuse me, one year before that, in 1969, maybe late 1968, I was told by someone that if I did get pregnant out of wedlock, that they would take me to a country where abortion was legal, and they would fly me to that place, pay for the abortion, fly me back, and of course do this without my parents knowing anything about it. And so even though I was not at a, a teenager, you know, this was, this is like, <laughs> I'm 15, late 14, I'm not even driving yet. And somebody is offering to help me end the life of a child when I, I, I'm not clearly old enough to even <laughs> operate a vehicle. So I hadn't thought about that particular thing for quite a while. But when this last Donnybrook erupted with regard to Roe v. Wade, I was reminded of something that and and this is very dear to me, and it's something I just haven't talked about that much. One of those God winks and one of those, what? You have got to be kidding. But this is what happened. I had already, I, I was in Iraq from Baghdad from 04 to 07, and I had already come through grappling with my Heavenly Father over my actions, over what had happened over my egregious abuse of authority, the duplicity, the deceit, the deceitfulness. I had already been to the altar on that. I had not, though, come to the place to where I had really essentially forgiven myself. I knew I was forgiven, but I didn't I, I had not come to the place where I had forgiven myself. That didn't come until much later. And um, I think this was a God wink. The first summer that I was in Baghdad, my MWR facility was located in Saddam's hunting lodge. And what had happened in that hunting lodge was all manner of sexual assault and when our troops took that particular building, they found a woman tied to a bed, and she had bled out because they'd cut off her nipples. There had been across the street the place where the women's 
Iraqi gymnastics team had been horribly tortured. And right next to me, kitty corner from my facility, was the alligator pit. And the alligator pit had a a suspension system across it. it. It still had water in it when I arrived. And Saddam would suspend people from the pulley system and let alligators snack on them. And so here I was in the midst of a scene of true horror and true human sacrifice and true pain and screams. And anyone that has ever seen the sonograms of what happens in an abortion, we are talking pain and horror and screaming. This is not something that is just a blob. This is a being. And in the middle of all of this and getting my head around what had happened, people would send books. We got books from J.J. Um, uh, Vance. We got that were autographed for the soldiers. People would send books. Authors would send books. Um, boxes of books would arrive. And one of my jobs was to kind of be marrying the librarian. And one day, a book arrived from Norma McCorvey, who is the Roe of Roe v. Wade. And the name of the book was One, W-O-N, One by Love. And it was her story of what happened in being the supposed poster child for abortion. She had never had one. She gave birth to her daughter, who, thank God, is still alive today. And she didn't leave any contact information, so I wrote an email, a very generic email, to the publisher, and the publisher forwarded my thanks. It, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful book, and the publisher forwarded my thanks to her, and she contacted me. So for the first summer of that year that I was in Baghdad, I had essentially a pen pal relationship with Norma McCorvey. And she had a nickname that she had been given, and that was Norma Lou. And she chose to call me Allie Lou, even though my middle name is Elizabeth. So this this set of emails would go back and forth, and she um, she emailed me several times a week for this just this season, this season of life. And I can still remember her email address. She has since passed. I can still remember her email address, and it was godsgirl777 at yahoo.com. So when I saw God's Girl 777 show up in my email box in Saddam's hunting lodge where all this horror had occurred, I knew that across the seas and the miles, I had someone who understood the power of second chances. And I had been given a second chance. As I said, I have grappled with the Lord God of Israel, Jacob, Abraham, David, and Jesus himself over this issue. And I got to celebrate with her having been given a second chance. So this is what I want to say. 
any way you slice it, Roe v. Wade is crappy law. It's crappy law. And at the very least, what hopefully will happen when it's returned to the states, which is what it should be in the first place, people will take a look at how completely counterintuitive and unsustainable it is to feel that it's okay to kill your own children, and we will come back from the brink of insanity and function as a constitutional republic. This is Allie Turner. This is the Tennessee Valley Spotlight Radio Show, and we will be back in five minutes. Severe weather can strike the Tennessee Valley at any time. Be prepared. Stay alert. Sign up now for the free Alabama Safety Net program, the smart way to get instant severe weather messages straight to your mobile device or computer. And best of all, it's free. Safety Net only sends messages when storms are in the areas you set up. Sign up today at WKAC1080.com and be better prepared for tomorrow. Alabama Safety Net from Barron Services and WKAC1080.com. The Greater Limestone County Chamber of Commerce and WKAC Radio urge you to shop, eat, and buy local. Local businesses support our community where you live, work, and play. When you shop, eat, and buy local, you help your local economy stay strong by creating jobs, improving local government services, schools, and recreation. Make Athens Limestone County a better community. Shop, eat, buy local. A message from the Greater Athens Limestone County Chamber of Commerce and WKAC. We keep Athens connected. This is an Alabama legacy moment. Brothers Alton and Raven Delmore of Elkmont, Alabama were early country music pioneers that had a profound impact on the history of country music. I'm Debbie Delmore, Alton's youngest child. My father and uncle's talented songwriting, intricate harmonies, and complex guitar rhythms influenced their contemporaries as well as generations of country and bluegrass stars. The Delmore brothers began in the 1920s playing at local community events. By 1933, they became regular on the Grand Ole Opry, quickly becoming one of the program's most popular acts. Over the course of their career, they wrote more than 1,000 songs, many of which were crossover hits. Few country music acts can rival their sophisticated chord arrangements and lovely melodies. The Delmore Brothers are members of the Nashville Songwriters, Alabama, and Country Music Halls of Fame. Sponsored by the Alabama Bicentennial Commission, the ABA, and this station. Authorities find the getaway car of an escaped inmate. This is YHN News. I'm Scott Chambers. The getaway car used by Casey White and Corrections Officer Vicki White was found in Tennessee. According to Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton, the car was found east of I-65 near Spring Hill. U.S. Marshals and investigators in Williamson County, Tennessee, confirmed a car matching previous reports was found abandoned in the area. About a two-hour drive north of Florence, where the saga began. There were 240 new cases of COVID-19 reported Friday in Alabama, bringing the total caseload this year to 376,060. Eight deaths were reported on Friday, bringing the total deaths this year to 2,859. Hospitalizations from COVID-19 remain low, with 62 Alabamians fighting the virus as of Friday. Abortion law could change in Alabama. YHN's Jay Holland reports. 
Earlier this week, a draft opinion of the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case in the U.S. Supreme Court, which overturned Roe v. Wade, was leaked to Politico. If Roe v. Wade were overturned, the legal authority would revert back to the states. In 2019, Governor Kay Ivey signed the Alabama Human Life Protection Act, which bans most abortions. According to Representative Terry Collins, who led the effort to get the bill passed, the legislature might reconsider abortion laws in Alabama if Roe v. Wade were overturned. For YHN News, I'm Jay Holland. The University of North Alabama will receive more than $45 million from its annual state appropriation, according to the institution. The appropriation, which was set forth in the fiscal year 2023 budget, marks a 12.76% increase from the previous year's allocation. I'm Scott Chambers. You are listening to YHN News. We've all fallen into boring routines. We just keep doing what has to get done. Isn't it time to escape the old routine and make time for yourself? Make time to go out with old friends. Make time to add excitement back into your life. Make time to feel like a winner again. Life is more fun when you live it. So what are you waiting for? Escape every day at Wind Creek Casino and WindCreekCasino.com. 256 Today is smart news for smart people. 256today.com is the place for the latest news on business, government, education, and community in North Alabama. 256today.com is a dedicated local team reporting the news that impacts your daily life. We live here, we work here, and we play here. Join us at 256today.com. We are smart news for smart people like you. Well, the warm-up gets underway today. High temperatures back in the mid-80s, mid to upper 80s the next few days, and close to 90 with a heat index in the low to mid-90s by Wednesday and Thursday. Dry weather, we're going to be drying out. Next chance of rain comes in the form of isolated storms late Thursday into Friday. I'm WAFF 48 First Alert Chief Meteorologist Brad Travis on WKAC. Forecast the service of Athens State University, your university, your way. Visit Athens State University online at athens.edu. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the staff and management of WKAC. If you'd like to call the show, just dial 232-6828. Now more of Tennessee Valley Spotlight on 1080 WKAC. Welcome back, everybody. This is Allie Turner, and I am as pleased as punch to have my friend and partner in non-crime sitting next to me here in the studio audience of WKAC, Lynn Hart, who has worn many hats When it comes to keep Athens Limestone beautiful, the most current of which is she is acting co-director of the outfit where I get to have my office. Welcome, Miss Lynn. Thank you for having me. It feels good to be back in the saddle for a little while anyway. (laughs) Indeedy-do. We're riding the range. Lynn um, was director of KALB for 22 years, and then she retired, and then she spent time caring for her mom, and then her mom passed. And then Lee Patterson, who had um, worked for Lynn 
in admin and, and really, truly was her partner in crime, got another job. It landed in her lap. And Lee went to, she, well, Lee's kind of wearing a lot of hats right now, too. She's um, training in her new job, and she's also finishing up her time as the outgoing executive director. And so everybody has um, had transition time, transition adventures. And as you know, We've had kind of a double whammy of having the recycling center close temporarily and the fire at the transfer station, which has closed it. I I think it's still closed temporarily. So Lynn is here to talk about what's going on and cast some hope and some vision for what could be coming down the pike. So girl, take it away. Well, first of all, I want to correct something that you said. I don't want people to misunderstand. The recycling center is not closing temporarily. The current recycling center, as it is, will be closing permanently. Well said. I guess I was getting too hopeful about what could be coming down the pike. I saw we. Okay, go ahead. That's okay. That's okay. I'd really like to start out with giving a little history of the Recycling Center. Um, It's pretty interesting. It all began with a school project uh, led by a science club at Athens High School in 1977. They decided that they wanted to recycle cardboard and aluminum cans uh, to earn some money, raise some money for their club. And it worked out great until the aluminum cans in particular started attracting bugs to the school. And uh, that was not a good thing. So they moved it to some city-owned property behind Roselawn Cemetery, which was, I believe, a landfill previously. And um, they kept that up for a while. And then it got too large for the school club and the recycling, I'm sorry, the, well, the recycling project was then taken over in 1980 by Athens Limestone Clean Community, which is known today as Keep Athens Limestone Beautiful. So we assumed the responsibilities for that recycling program, and it remained on that property for several years after that continued to grow. In the early 2000s, we outgrew that location and uh, moved to our current space, which the owner of this building was very gracious to allow us to use half of it for a very reasonable rent. As a nonprofit, that was very important. Mm -hmm. We had a 15-year lease, that lease expired, and at that point, they they changed the recycling center's lease to month to month, with the understanding that if they ever decided to sell the building, that they could give us 120 days' notice to vacate. So let me hop in here for a sec, in case there are those of you who think that there may have been some mischief afoot. The fact of the matter is, this situation of having the month to month has been in place for several years. Oh, yeah. It's been a little over three now, I believe. Uh, The month-to-month has been in place for about three years. So for about three years, we have been looking at other options, um, and none of them have really worked out to where we could move to a new location or have somebody help us by purchasing a building or however. So what we're going to do, we're going to put that... You're all hanging there. I know it's we're all, we're all on the edge of our seat as Aunt Lynn is telling us this story. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break and we're going to find out what 
happened next. This is Allie Turner. This is the Tennessee Valley Spotlight Radio Show, and we'll be back in just a jiff. First, we gave you online streaming. Next, there were our phone apps. Then came Alexa and Google. Now WKAC gives you Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Use your existing smartphone apps to safely stay in touch and focused while you're driving. Calling, messaging, navigation, listening to your favorite music, and more. All hands-free in compatible vehicles. Just go to WKAC1080.com for details. Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. More ways to keep you connected from 1080 WKAC. If you're in the market for a home or looking for investment properties, stop what you're doing right now and listen to this. Saturday, May 14th at 10 a.m., Troy Elmore Realty and Auctions having a huge absolute auction and personal property sale that you don't want to miss. This absolute auction will take place at 1207 North Hind Street in Athens. This is a four-bedroom, two-bath, spacious home, great location, large lot with a fenced-in backyard. Visit online at TroyElmoreRealtyAndAuction.com for pictures and more information. Or go to AuctionZip.com. Number 29747. Some of the personal items include dining room suit, electric piano, chest, dresser, and much more. Call Troy Elmore, 256-777-3710, or visit online at TroyElmoreRealtyAndAuction.com. Often imitated, but never duplicated. Alabama license number 5137. Steve Sandlin, Alabama license number 5064. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable, and serving part-time can help you graduate debt-free. Do you want to stay close to friends and family? The Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want. Learn more by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. You've been listening to Tennessee Valley Spotlight. us what you think by calling 232-6828. We're back now with more of Tennessee Valley Spotlight on 1080 WKAC. Welcome back, everybody. This is Allie Turner. And if you are just joining us, I have in the studio with me Lynn Hart, who is my friend and the current co-executive director for Keep Athens Limestone Beautiful. And she left us cliffhanging about... <laughs> Where things were with the Recycling Center and where things are right now is what we're going to head on into. Okay, so um, again, we were we had a month-to-month lease in the building on Lucas Ferry, and in March we received a letter indicating that we had our tw- 120 days to vacate the building. Um, even though we had tried to find alternative solutions. We are a nonprofit organization. Recycling is not a profitable business, and without the help of the city and the county, we would not have remained in business as long as we had. Uh, the building is supposedly going up for sale, and so we, you know, we also looked for other locations. But the amount of rent that we were paying in our current location was minuscule compared to what other places were asking. So we therefore had 
had no choice but to shut down operations. We are currently in the process of determining what to do with all of the equipment that we have and things that we have for sale. Stay tuned. We might be having a yard sale for some of our items. <laughs> um, but we do have some interested parties who we believe are going to at least salvage the cardboard recycling to start off with. There are many businesses and individuals that are quite upset over the fact that they have no place to recycle their cardboard. We are working on it. Uh, we're working closely, very closely with these interested parties. Uh, it is going to take some time to work out all of the bugs and get things rolling in another direction. I feel confident that at some point in the future, more products or more materials will be accepted for recycling, um, but I cannot speak out of turn because nothing is solid at this point, but there is hope. And that is what this program is always going to be all about. Whenever we can bring hope, we want to do it. Okay, so I have a couple of questions. Um, my understanding, and I please correct me. Well, I know you will. Please correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Uh, when it comes to recycling, it up front... My understanding is that cardboard is going to be one of the things that has the most potential to turn a profit. Am I understanding that correctly? That is correct. Cardboard over the years has been the bread and butter of the recycling center. <clears throat> there were a lot of things that we accepted, such as glass. There was no profitability in glass, and that's why it's very difficult for people to find another place that will take glass. And at the moment, I have no solution for that. I will tell the people of Limestone County that I have contacted the Decatur Recycling Center, and they are willing to accept recycling from Limestone County residents, but you have to take it to them. And they are located on Route 20 if you're going south on Highway 31 and you get off on Route 20 and turn to the right, I understand they're just down the road and it's the same entrance as the uh, the um, the their, their dump, I guess. Okay. The transfer station. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. The, the correct, the politically correct term, my dear, I believe is transfer station because nobody wants to think about dump. Well, I don't, see, I've never been down there, so I don't know if it's actually a landfill location or if it is a transfer station to a landfill okay. location. Okay. I sit. I sit it corrected. Is a okay. I, I sit corrected, and um, the imitable Ken Fox has waved his arms and yelled at us from the room next door to let us know what's truly true. Okay. It is right next to Ken Fox's house, so don't show up there and do not bring your recyclables to Fox's house, or there's going to be big trouble in what River City. Okay, Lenny, well, go back to it. Here's the thing: we don't, we're not worried about the transfer station slash landfill because that's not why people want to go down there. They want to take their recyclables to keep things out of the landfill. Yes. So, but they are located in the same entrance. And so know that there are things that you can take there. Uh, they do not take number five plastic. One and two only. No glass. Could you explain to the folks that may not be aware what you, uh, what you mean by the classification of 
of plastics. One and two. Yeah, okay. one and two and five. On the bottom of most plastic items, especially bottles, there is a small number. Um, it's very tiny usually, and there are some people who can't really read it. Uh, you can count on the fact that all of your carbonated beverages, your milk jugs, your water bottles... And some of your detergent bottles and shampoo bottles are ones and twos. The best way to find out is to look for that number. Um, if you're not sure, well, what's take the, your chances. What's the <laughs> difference between a one, a two, and a five in terms of... It's the combination of chemicals that makes the plastic, and I'm not a scientist. If you ask Carrie Chalmers, who is current director of the Recycling Center, she would be able to tell you. She can break that down, so maybe she can. we'll have to have Miss Carrie come in. Okay, now I've got another question, because I know that you literally have spent years being out and about in Athens and Limestone County Public Schools, you've done things on the national level, you have been involved in Earth Day. I mean, this this thing runs deep in your veins. So this is a purely um, marketplace question, I guess, is the best way to put it. Why isn't recycling more profitable? If you've got everything from shoes that are being advertised to... Um, chairs to I want to be this when I grow up. You know what I'm talking about? You're, that whole set of ad campaigns, particularly for plastic. What, where, on some level, it's got to be profitable or you wouldn't have people advertising shoes and chairs. Well, you know, it's all supply and demand. And I will tell you that the best way to make recycling materials more valuable is to be careful to purchase items that have recycled content. Um, And, you know, you have to really look at the label to find out if that's included. Um, But the other is also supply and demand. We had the the, uh, backlog of cardboard one year when they stopped shipping it to China. China stopped taking our recyclables Hmm. because people were not recycling properly and they were tired of getting our garbage. Mm -hmm. And so they stopped taking it. Oh, the irony, huh? All of of a sudden there was this backlog and and I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2008 or 9 or somewhere around there, maybe a little later. Uh, We got zero money for our cardboard. And unless you had a place to store it and had enough money in your coffers to pay your employees until the price went up, you had to give it away. Okay. So it's a very volatile market. Okay. And actually, we are or were the only nonprofit recycling center in the state of Alabama. And probably... Throughout the country, I'm not even sure there are any anywhere because as, as a small nonprofit, and KALB, relatively speaking, is a small nonprofit, yeah. it's a big endeavor. And, it, and the recycling center grew to the point where we were managing, again, not without the help of the city and the county, to whom we are extremely grateful. Um, but most recycling centers are run by government okay. agencies. So you know, they're essentially local. the extension of utilities, that kind of thing yes. in most cities? Okay. Yes. What would you say, we're going to take a break in a little bit, but what would you say from your experience and from having been involved with stuff on the national scene, what would you say are the pros of having it be 
privately operated as a nonprofit versus having it be part of the, um, shall we say, the utility services that may be present in a city or a county? Well, the pros were we had the luxury of accepting items such as glass that were not profitable. And batteries. That was another thing. Nobody has batteries. And you would say, bring them. I was so happy. Well, um, just to get that out there, regular batteries, household batteries, can now are, are made differently, and they can now go in your trash, and they are not recyclable. Got it. The rechargeable batteries are recyclable. Got it. And you can still take those to Lowe's. Lowe's, I believe, still accepts them. Okay. You may have to put them in individual Ziploc bags. I'm not sure what their rules are. You might want to check before you take them. So we were able to take all kinds of things. I was just told today that the um, motor oil tote will be relocated and the cooking oil tote will be relocated. I do not have those locations with me at the moment, but those services will continue. Um, the cooking oil was through the wastewater department of the city of Athens, okay. and they don't want your grease, fats, and oils going down your drain. Okay, we're going to take our last break of the day, and then Miss Lynn will take us on home. So get set to learn more about the current adventures of the recycling center that was and hopefully will be. This is the Tennessee Valley Spotlight Radio Show. I'm Allie Turner. This is WKAC, and we'll be right back. Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. River City Roofing Solutions is locally owned and operated by brothers Chris and Michael Muse. What sets us apart from other companies is the fact that our knowledge in the industry comes from nearly a decade of hands-on experience installing shingles, metal, and flat roofing material. With years of inspecting, training, and managing, we have mastered every aspect of the roofing process. www.rivercityroofingsolutions.com 256 274-8530. Hey y'all, this is your girl Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish, but those days are over. Now I feel great. That's because I increased my fiber intake with the Metamucil two-week challenge, and I'm still hooked. I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days, and it's really that easy. Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down, so you feel lighter and more energetic. Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling. Are you ready for the Metamucil two-week challenge for a coupon and daily support? Sign up at metamucil.com today. DQ presents the sound of an all-star summer lineup. Leading off the promising rookie new Oreo Dirt Pie. On deck the fan favorite Girl Scout Thin Mints. Summer standouts drumstick with peanuts and cotton candy. And batting cleanup, it's you. With your red spoon and six summer blizzard flavors, official treat of MLB. All part of the new DQ All-Star Summer Blizzard lineup. DQ? 
Happy tastes good. This is an Alabama legacy moment. The 375,000 acres that make up the three ranger districts of Talladega National Forest were purchased by the federal government in 1936 as part of an effort to restore clear-cut timberlands and farmlands no longer capable of producing crops. The beautiful reserve includes the 102-mile Pinhody National Trail System and Alabama's highest and second-highest points, Mount Cheeha and Duggar Mountain. Sponsored by the Alabama Bicentennial Commission, the ABA, and the station. If you've got a question or comment, let us know by calling 232-6828. Tennessee Valley Spotlight continues now on 1080 WKAC. Welcome back, everybody. I have Lynn Hart, the current acting co-executive director of Key Bath and Slamstone Beautiful, which oversees the Recycling Center, here with me in the studio. We've been talking about the ins and outs of the most recent adventures that have culminated in having the Recycling Center closed permanently. But there is hope, and we were discussing the pros and cons of having a recycling center be an extension of a city or county's facilities and utilities, or whether it should be um, privately operated. And your thoughts on that quickly before we move to our next topic. I seriously believe that it would be served better if it was handled by the municipality only because of the financial resources that they have as opposed to a small nonprofit. Could it be a small profit? Is that possible? Or are you thinking, please don't make me ask that, answer that, whatever? You know, I, I'm not, I'm, I know a lot about recycling, but I am not the director of the recycling center. I don't, I never did work with that on a day-to-day basis. So you would have to ask somebody who was in the down and dirty of the financials Got it. of that. Because I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm asking that, Lynn, is because, you know, as someone who is a business owner, there was a time, you know, when I was a socialist, there was a time when I thought everything should be centralized. And, and run, you know, from some central style of government. And now I'm more oriented to looking to um, business solutions as opposed to government solutions when it's possible and when it's reasonable. So that's why I asked that question. didn't mean to put you on the spot. So here is one I'm hoping that you have the answer to. I publish Athens Now. And at the end of a distribution cycle, I pick up newspapers and then I put out the new edition, and I will oftentimes have several hundred old Athens Nows. Athens Nows, that sounds a little interesting. Editions of Athens Now. So my question is, if you were me, what would you do to recycle those locally? You, there is no place to recycle them locally currently. I would take them to Decatur until somebody picks up the ball and starts to recycle cardboard, newspaper, aluminum cans, and plastic. I'm hoping that those are going to be the first four items. I would like to close out. I know we only have a minute. I would like to say, keep Athens Limestone beautiful and our executive um, board and everybody associated with it is heartbroken over the closure of this center. We did everything that we could to stay as long as we can. And again, I want to tell the community that we are working closely with people who are interested in recycling, and we're doing everything we can to be able to bring that back to the community. Perfectly said, and that's a wonderful way to close out this edition of the Tennessee Valley Spotlight Radio Show. I'm Allie Turner. 
We'll see you in a week, and peace out for now. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. You've been listening to Tennessee Valley Spotlight. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to it on demand by going to WKAC1080.com and looking for the Tennessee Valley Spotlight link. Join us again next week for another Tennessee Valley Spotlight on 1080 WKAC.